everyone, you're now listening to The Midnight Watch, where Metal is standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Powell. And I'm Nicholas Allen. And tonight's film is The Conjuring 2. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one... This one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used. Janet, are you alright? Stop calling me Janet. In the fall to the conjuring, we continue to follow Ed and Lorraine Warren, this time as they investigate the poltergeist of Innsville. Phil, what did you think of the conjuring too? That was pretty solid, I guess, to compare slightly to the first one. It's not quite as immersive, because you don't get that whole second vision you got in the first movie from Lorraine. You kind of, they're kind of, the ones in this movie are kind of more outsiders and a bit more skeptical this time around. And then there's a B-plot just like the first one, and I felt like this time around that wasn't as interesting. But the actual exorcism and stuff I thought was really good, and the final confrontation I thought was a bit more thrilling than the first movie. But you do have to wade through some what feels like inconsequential plot points and kind of, and it really kind of messes with the cohesion of the story. You know, that's where I want to jump in. I did not like this movie. Okay. I figured you'd like it more than me because you liked the first Conjuring more than me. I thought mm-hmm. it was overrated. Mm-hmm. Here, I think it's more of the same, but worse because this film actually bored me really, really bad. Okay. I almost fell asleep. Yeah. I had to get up, walk out, <laughs> grab some popcorn, and come back in. It was about like midway through the movie. Mm-hmm. I knew the movie was two hours. I was yeah. like... Maybe it'll be a brisk two hours. It was not. It dragged along for me. I felt like all the scares, like, none of them really were effective, nor did they get to me. There was only, well, I take that back. There was only one thing that they did in this film that I thought was very creative, and it involves a side entity. There's, like, three entities in this Mm -hmm. movie. There's the main one. There's a secondary one that has connections to the main one. And then there's a third one that exists only for the purpose of terrifying one of the children and i thought that one was the best one they had in the movie and the whole movie maybe mm-hmm. should have centered around that yeah. creation which is clearly i don't know if that's a real thing if it has any real lore if that's something that james wan came up with it kind of looks like they're like oh yeah let's take the slender man legend and kind of use it in a way here that I thought was pretty effective because the first time they used it, I was like, oh, wow, that was actually pretty cool. I didn't see that coming. And then the second time they used it, I was like, all right, fine. But because it looks creepy every single time, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the stuff is just, nah. The chemistry between Ed and Lorraine Warren, I didn't feel like was really there this time. Vera Farmanga is still trying. Mm -hmm. And I guess Patrick Wilson is trying. I'm just not buying it. And the whole part about them approaching this as skeptics it doesn't make sense to me and even if i suspend my disbelief for that part Mm -hmm. when it gets to the point where it's about 30 minutes from the end and they throw in this huge curveball in which the lorraines do what i call the third act breakup thing that a lot of romantic comedies do where they're like oh maybe we was wrong about this situation yeah let's get out of here and it's like no you can't how can you leave oh because this one thing 
wasn't what we thought it was. It's like, yeah, but that still doesn't explain the other shit that you've witnessed yeah. up until this point. So for you to leave is complete bullshit and a contrived way to try and build tension for when you guys inevitably have to turn around and come back. Yeah. And That's I, fair. yeah, I wasn't buying that at all. The heavy foreshadowing, oh, this is dangerous for us. It's like, it's no different from how it's always been. Yeah, I, that's what I mean by that B-plot really yeah. fell flat. It's, it doesn't tie into the main plot like the first movie did. And it's like, so this is just here to try and add tension. Like, oh, no, it's going to happen. Yeah, and, and that, like you said, it, it's the same as any other <laughs> yeah and I guess it's to my own detriment that I've seen like every single film James Wan mm-hmm. has done because when it came to those scares like there was one where the girl's at home by herself watching TV and the TV goes staticky and she goes over and starts slapping the box and like okay two things are gonna one of two things is gonna happen either the picture's gonna pop up and there's gonna be a scary image on the screen or she's gonna shut off the TV and there's gonna be somebody's reflection behind her Bam, one of the two happened. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, she's going to turn there and they're not going to be there after she's seen them on the monitor. But then once the camera turns back to her, the person's going to be behind her. Bam, that happened. The same beats happen throughout the movies. And I'm kind of like, I don't understand how a movie like this has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, yeah, James Wan it is does. better. Yes. James Wan is one of the better horror directors mm-hmm. out there. However,. I just do not understand the plot armor that these movies seem to have over the general public where they're just so great. They're instant classics. Because even the first movie, like I said, I didn't think it was all that great. It was okay, but it was nowhere near the level of the 80% that it had on Rotten Tomatoes and the new horror classic and making over $100 million. I'm like, really? Dead Silence was a better film than that. And Dead Silence has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. And only made like $17 million. But then again, that was when only James Wan's, I think, second film. Yeah. Because his first film was yeah, Saw. Yeah, you show it, Dead Silence. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, but the critics, oh, they hate Dead Silence. But you like The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 enough. Yeah, like I where said, they're in this high bracket. built up this reputation now. And it's then like, it's just, oh, you're just the guy who made Saw. Big whoop. Yeah, but it's like, he hasn't changed, though. It's the same beats. I agree. But for some reason... Or, and the Insidious movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the Insidious movies were better than the Conjuring series. I agree. It's just that the Conjuring series has Vera Farmanga, and she's like that huge emotional weight for the mm-hmm. movie that sometimes the movies might lack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. insert her in the Insidious the movies. actor James Wan has been able yeah. to get in one of his movies so far. Yeah, and then there are attempts She's to... like a legit A-list. <laughs> and I'm kind of getting... Well, I'm not kind of getting. I, I've been long tired of the whole exorcism angle. I'm waiting for him to do a film that's kind of... I guess one of the reasons why I gravitate toward the Insidious series so much is because it was different mm-hmm. to an extent. There was yeah. still like an exorcism element to it, but the main meat of it, it's a ghost story, among and, all else. And a family story. Yeah. Whereas the Conjuring series, number one, it's already ruined because Ed and Lorraine Warren are people that actually existed. Yeah. So you can look up and, and find yeah, out. Yeah, you know what happened Yeah. To so that's one thing. And then the second thing is, it's a damn exorcism all over again. There's never, yeah, there's, I guess, a ghost, but the ghost is representative of a demon. And I'm like, I'm so sick of that shit. Yeah. I've seen it so much over oh, the years. understandable. And it's oh, no different here. Oh, that, that's... 
basically what you're going to get with these people because they're yeah. super Christian. So that's what it's, it's yeah. always going to be a demon. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm like, why are you making a trilogy of this? Which they, they are? Yes, dude. What's that, the third one going to be? I don't be? know. They When they announced around the same time they announced they were doing this movie, they announced that it was going to be a second movie in a trilogy. Okay. They were planning on doing three movies total, but that's only after the I first mean, I one. I guess the third one could be, because obviously, I won't spoil it, but there's a big story in particular that the Warrens are known for that's made famous. That's a well-known, kind of well-known story. You're talking about the story they opened with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe they're doing but, that. But since they already touched on it, it's kind of like... Which I wouldn't be that interested in. No. Because well, we, A, because we already have a movie of that story, and B, I've listened to a podcast that kind of debunked a lot of the elements of that stuff. That's the, that's the <laughs> other problem with this movie, too. That was the other thing that was ruined for me about the movie, even though I didn't know this until after the fact. I was already judging the movie on its own merits, but mm. I was kind of like, a lot of this just doesn't seem plausible to me. And I was like, but you're emphasizing that it's based on a true story. So then I right. went and looked it up after the movie, and I'm like, so, almost all this movie is complete bullshit. Like, none of it's true except for, like, little fragments of it. And all those fragments have been debunked. So, I'm kind of like, the little curveball I said they threw in the third act. Yeah. That part of the story is true. But it's like, yeah, that's what ruined this entire story because that part was true. And then some more revelations came out. It's like, oh, so what you're saying is this, this, and this. And I'm like, huh. Alright, so, that creep, because then one of the parts about the movie that was effective for me, uh-huh. and it's not even any on-screen event, uh-huh. it's the ending epilogue that's in text, uh-huh. where I'm like, oh, that's kind of creepy, but then it's like, okay, first of all, why is that even still in the house? Why did you not throw that shit out? <laughs> Second of all, really? <laughs> I gotta look that up, because that, that just sounds too coincidental to be uh-huh. true. And, of course, that's bullshit, too, because that's not mentioned at all. Oh, in fact, okay. I can't find any information <laughs> okay. on these real people. Oh, and okay. so when I looked up the story on Wikipedia, I mean, their names are not highlightable to where you can find out everything about them or at least what role they played yeah, yeah. in this. So it's kind of like, so a lot of this, I'm just taking your word for it. You want me to believe well, this yeah. happened, but... Yeah. It's why they cast likable actors as the Warrens. Because, yeah, if you read up a lot about the Warrens, it, it is a lot of stuff they did has been debunked. Yeah. And kind of is very questionable. And then and they even have a pointless scene where at the beginning they're all doing interviews. And I was about to mention that. Skeptic guy who's basically just treated like, oh, I'm just a jerk. It's like, no, he's not. He's... Treating it like a normal person who didn't witness these events yeah, was. And you guys are trying to demonize them just for being Not a normal to mention, person. They, they, they even mention in this church, there's a bunch of stuff with exorcisms where the Catholic church, that's why they send in the warrants because they're worried to get involved because they know how it looks. The publicity circus. Yeah. <laughs> I was... I can't say I'm like disappointed because I really... Even when we were talking about yeah, it earlier yeah. this year, I wasn't really looking forward yeah. to it because I didn't see the point of the sequel. You know, there's some things you can do a sequel to, but something like this, I don't feel like needed a sequel. I agree. And I felt like this movie just proved my point to where it seemed I think like he's they just were. Clearly, James Wan is just a big fan of the Warrens. I think he 
Lorraine, I think Ed was dead by the time he made the country, but I think Lorraine passed recently, so she consulted on one of his movies. Huh. And I think he befriended her, so yeah. Oh, probably so, but it's like... So I think it's just he, I guess, wants to tell these people's story. He thinks they're an interesting kid, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, to the movie's they credit... They seem like nice enough people. It's just like you said, when you get in the movie. to the ghost. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they're not at all the way the movie portrays them. Because the movie wants you to root for them. <laughs> and I'll say, as far as rooting, I did like the kid characters. I thought they were yeah. all good. And, uh, but it's just, the movie tries to scare you using, like, the girl, where the entity talks through the girl a lot of times, Mm -hmm. and I don't know about your theater, but I saw it in a packed theater with a bunch of teenagers, Mm -hmm. and they were laughing through every single one of those scenes. Yeah, they... None of those scenes were effective. Some of them were laughing, and, like, certain scenes, like, there's a scene where something happens in their house where the mom at first is like, eh, it's fine, and then something happens, she's like, oh, it's time to go. Yeah, <laughs> which they do that twice. Started cracking up. Yeah, they do that scene twice, which I think that was the intent to make you laugh. They do the scene twice, once with the mom, once with two police officers, and it's like, all right, yeah. But James Wan always has those little... Mm-hmm elements in there but then the other problem is that you have these side characters some of them have really compelling backstories or things you would want to elaborate on mm-hmm. but they're not center stage it's like okay i understand because this is about the the warrens mm-hmm. but then the problem is what's going on isn't that compelling to me i'm bored mm-hmm. so then when you get this guy on the side talking about how well he He's been a skeptic of ghosts, but since his daughter died, he kind of wants proof that maybe she's still with him in some fashion mm-hmm. because he witnessed strange occurrences after her death and he loved her very much. I'm like, that's compelling. Why aren't we following this guy instead of the Warrens? Because this is dry. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, if the sequel is about him, I might watch it. It's not going to be. It's going to be about that, the Warrens. <laughs> If it was, I'd watch that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I kind of walked out of theater uh, a little upset. Not as upset as I was when I walked out of another movie that we saw this weekend, but... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But... Is it the other sequel or no? Yeah, it's the other sequel. (laughs) We'll get to that one. But I was kind of upset, not really disappointed, just like, damn, what a missed opportunity. Uh, opportunity. Now, what I hope comes of this is that James Wan chooses to do... They did a spinoff with Annabelle, which was unnecessary. If you do a spinoff of... I'm just going to name the character, the Crooked Man. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I would see that movie. Because mm-hmm. it's James Wan using the creativity that I know he has. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, really... He might be one of the better horror directors out there, but this film, to me, outside of the scenes with the Crooked Man and maybe one other scene of creativity, the scares are so basic to me, mm-hmm. any no-name could have done this as their first feature. Mm-hmm. You just probably wouldn't have been able to nail down Vera Farmanga if this is like your first movie. Definitely not. But from <laughs> a horror and atmospheric standpoint, there's nothing authentic about this movie. I'm like, yeah. Want to go to ratings? Sure. Yeah, give this a high rental because I did enjoy it. Maybe part of it was the audience. But for whatever reason, like the last thing in my heart was racing a little bit. But um, 
Yeah, it's nothing outstanding. Like you said, I think James Wan needs a new creative outlet or something. But, because, uh, yeah, you're probably right. If this was done by anybody else, this probably would have got, like, a 40 or a 50. Hell, yeah. Ron Tomatoes wouldn't have liked this the critics, for whatever reason, Savage Sinister 3, which I still don't get. Sinister 2. Uh, yeah, excuse me, Sinister 2. Yeah, they, they Savage, that that was, like, one of the worst films of the year, all this other nonsense. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess... What it was missing was James Wan's name on that, or whoever else. Yeah, and I kind of get, like, you know, critics love for James Wan. He's a good director. Amongst oh, yeah, a bunch I like of James people Wan. people who don't try, but, I mean, if something doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right, and there's no need to sugarcoat it and try to be like, well, 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 no, no. I mean, Rob Zombie is different, but critics... They, yeah, they savage like every him. single movie he's done. Like, the highest rated movie <laughs> so, he's done was The Devil's Rejects. And I say the highest rated, but that's at like 40%, what? like 43 or something. And it's like, oh, okay, I see how it is. I see how it is. And for me, yeah, it's hard. Because I thought the saves of the Crooked Man were good, and they're yeah. worth watching for that part mm-hmm. but the movie in general is such a slog to get through i wasn't really invested in what was happening because it was taking so long the ending climax scene could have been thrilling but there's a couple contrived ways they 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 foreshadow pretty heavily in the mm-hmm. early movie and they get to this point where it's like oh this might happen but it's like oh but this could easily be avoided if a certain somebody was a little bit more patient I understand what they're trying to say, but it doesn't make any sense. It seems like a contrived way for us to all get at the edge of our seats. Like, oh, is it going to happen? It's like, well, if I was at home, I would just pause the movie and get on Wikipedia real quick, and I would know whether or not it's about to happen. So, eh. Yeah, I'm just going to say give it a skip, because right. you can watch the first movie, the first movie. You'll enjoy this movie. Hey, yeah, you might enjoy it, but for me, I'm like, it wasn't necessary. I wasn't scared. I was bored. I actually left the theater kind of angry. Skip it. Alright. Well, that concludes our review. Once again, we are The Midnight Watch, where our motto is standing on watch for you against bad movies. You can find our show by searching the iTunes app for The Midnight Watch or simply go to our main site on Podbean. That's The Midnight Watch, all one word, dot Podbean.com. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.